Welcome to the Uno Mas podcast. I'm your host, Whitney Kay, brand and social media specialist, network marketing professional, and influencer marketing mentor and coach. I invite you to join thousands of other listeners and me each week in elevating your business, brand, and life. With a foundation of faith, I help you create a brand and a voice to be heard, leveraging social media and the online space to impact individuals, build and scale communities, and create simple strategies for a thriving and profitable online business. The Uno Mas podcast is here to inspire you to dream, think, and do big. Talking all things faith, family, life, and the in-between. Stop feeling overwhelmed, confused, stuck, and at a standstill, and start feeling confident, productive, and fueled with purpose in your life and business again. When life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? I mean, that's how the saying goes. Listen in to a conversation that I have with the glow up queen herself, Betty Golko, from fashion guru to childhood development, and now a mindset and development coach. Betty shares how some major life pivots led her to where she is today. Let's go ahead and dive right in. that they make. It's so weird. It's so weird. All right. So just so you know, before, like I do, I record like an intro and I snap that into the, wherever I enter us in the conversation. Cool. So do you, do you. All right. All right. Well, Betty, I'm so glad. Let me get my mic closer. Hold on. Here we go. <laughs> God, here we go. All right, Betty, I'm so happy to be talking to you again. Let's just be real. We tried this whole like green room recording podcast scenario and no shame to green room, but it did not go as planned. So here we are re-recording and I just want to say thank you for your time, but I want you to tell me something and tell the listeners something that most people don't know about you. First of all, what's up girl? We made it. We made it. You know what? Like I'm always down for all these fabulous new things and yeah, it's exciting to try new things, but Hey, it makes us closer because now it's like, you know what? We just really know each other. We know our stories so well. We're going to tell it again and again. So it's all good. You're so right. You're so right. It cracks me up. So here we are. And I would love to tell you that actually really big kind of weird random thing. Something that most people truly don't know about me is that I was and adopted and that's kind of like what do you mean but yeah I was adopted not only was I adopted I was adopted at a later stage in life like I was like 18 19 years old so so yeah I you know I don't know a lot about the adoption process I have a cousin a first cousin um so my dad's brother okay those cousins the oldest is adopted. The other two are biological, but he was adopted from like really early on in birth. So I am curious, like, how does that, how does that happen? Were you jumping around from foster cares? Like, was it somebody that like, I don't know, cause there's all these different adoption scenarios. So how, how did that happen to you? 
Yeah. I mean, listen, adoption and life and upbringing is there's all sorts of scenarios for everything. Right. But for me, yeah, you nailed it. Exactly. I was in and out of foster care throughout all of my life, pretty much since I was born. Like I'm talking, I was born and they were like, sorry, Betty, but your mom is just not really healthy. So let's take you away from her. (laughs) And from that moment on, actually I was in and out of her care between her and different homes, um, whether it be people, the community or foster parents or group homes, et cetera. It was that type of situation all throughout until this point where I was already, you know, almost graduated high school. And I was living with this one family for about, um, I guess like two years. And I went away to college for the first time. I studied abroad in Israel. I'm Jewish and I wanted to learn more about my religion. I saved money. I raised money and I went to Israel and I started to, you know, develop into who I am today. And at that point, that family that I was living with at the time was just really, you know, I think they were very excited about the way they can change someone's life like that. And they felt that they wanted to offer me that they wanted to make it kind of like official. And I felt that that was the right thing to do as reciprocation to accept that, even though I was 18 or 19, I don't know the exact age, but I was old, you know, I was an adult in college and I was dating. So it felt a little bit funny, but it was really just the right kind of acceptance of that for me to give back my appreciation and to say, you know what, Um, I'm also very grateful. And I think that that's a feeling of closure and connection that you have a family. So that was how that happened. That's amazing. I think one of the things that I love about you the most is that you just, you just go like, there is no, I I mean, knowing your story, because that actually leads into my next question, because not only did you just get up and go to Israel and, you know, want to learn more about your religion, but then, you know, you come back and you're in school, you were in early childhood development, and then it transitioned into the fashion industry and then the podcaster and now a coach and a mentor and a consulting with people. Like you've just done all these crazy, amazing, awesome things. Right. But I think one of the most important things is that you were just open to taking action and pivoting in whatever direction that was for you in life, where a lot of people are very resistant to that. Like they don't like change. They're not wanting to embrace change. They're not really sure where they want to go. And I feel like that kind of stops them in their journey. So that's kind of what I want to lead into next. Like I touched on all these things that you've done in your life, but I want you to tell me the story about like how you, you Betty, I want you to tell me the story about how you kind of, pivoted through all these transitions in your life to where you are right this moment. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm kind of laughing as you're saying that because it could be looked upon as a little bit kind of not knowing, right. What you're doing. And I think that that's kind of the the bad rep when someone says, I'm an entrepreneur, I have many different businesses. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be, and there is a character trait to that, but I really think that there is a beauty in being able to recognize that, Hey, I'm not one person and there's not one thing to me. And also maybe I'm not so sure. And the only way that you and anyone and myself is going to be able to learn and grow and develop is to try and is to put myself out there. And especially if it's something that I have an interest in. So, um, I think that for me, 
because of my upbringing, it was not really any sort of conversation or ability to kind of uh, get anything that I, I might have desired. So what does that mean? Like if I was like, Oh, I love fashion. That could be cool and interesting. Let me go to, you know, FIT in New York. No, it wasn't like talked about. It wasn't like I was a brilliant artist that that was like, for sure. Um, it was more of like, how the heck am I going to pay the bills? Okay. How the heck am I going to provide? What type of skill do I have that I'm able to provide for myself and my family ultimately? So that was really like the onset of my journey into, um, pursuing a higher degree. And, um, I, I love psychology. It's really natural to me. I just am fascinated and children and education. I also just, I always babysit and I always loved being with kids. And I think that my, um, childhood, one of being a parent, really, honestly, parenting my younger siblings from a, from a young age, put me in that position to just understand children, to just know how to direct them. And I'm not an expert, of course, but, um, being able to put myself in their position and shoe. So that's why I pursued psychology and education. And by the way, like graduating high school, that was a big deal. Okay. I'm not like a studious type. I'm not like, you know, one of those people that just reads a book and memorizes and does an A. No, I work really hard. Like it's hard for me to focus. I don't remember things easily. And so if I'm committed to something, I'm going to like work my ass off. I make flashcards. I study, I study, and it's really hard. So when I was going to college, I was petrified. Like I was like, Oh my God, I'm not going to succeed. I'm not going to graduate. I don't know what the heck is going to happen, but you know, you can't allow that to hold you back. So I did the best I could, meaning I started out slow. I took one course. I got my feet wet while I was in Israel. And, um, that way I could kind of get a feeling for what type of demands it would be, um, learning more about my study skills and lack thereof. And from that place, I just continued. And then I went for my master's. And I mean, I'm like one of the one dorky person who actually went to like the ceremony. Cause I, that was like a huge deal. So it was such a big accomplishment for me. It made me really start to pivot in this idea of believing in yourself and knowing that you have the skills and abilities somewhere, somehow inside you to accomplish and do amazing things that are way beyond your league, if you would. So I love that. That was like the beginning, yeah. And then, and now, and then you transferred into the fashion industry, and now you do like the mindset, the coaching. How did you get here? How did how did that lead you here? Yeah. So I think, um, well, I was working in the field as a behavioral analyst. I was doing one-on-one therapy with children on the autistic spectrum. And I was doing that over full time for years. I'm talking like 10 years or so. And although I loved it to the point that I started my second master's to get my license and I was planning on having my own private practice, I, (laughs) you know, I realized that there was something that was lacking for me. And that was the creativity aspect. And I started to pursue art therapy and I started to see, you know, who am I again? You know, like (laughs) maybe this isn't the best thing for me. So that's when I started my own first, my own business, which was such a Betty. And that was the 
fashion styling, editorial fashion styling, closet organizing, uh, personal shopping, all the things of that sort. And that was incredible. I mean, it really was amazing because on an editorial perspective, like that's putting all your creativity really out there and being super unique. Um, I think I like being a boss. I like being like in control. Like I like, I'm very organized. I like, you know, planning things. So it, it just made sense for me. And it was a dream, but it was so hard. I mean, I was in New York city all the time going to showrooms, a big part of being a stylist, which people don't talk about, but is schlepping, you know, it's just like getting pieces, carrying them, bringing them, making sure it's together, bringing it back. Um, and it seems all glitz and glam. And although there is a part of that, but that's not the main part. So I did that for a few years. I was in fashion week. I was behind the scenes. I was going to shows. And with that was really when honestly social media came about and that was Instagram's big moment. So I had a page like everybody else, but because at the time I had a niche, I was, I'm Jewish and I'm dressing in a, in a modest dress code and, but I'm still being very unique to myself. I'm still being, you know, interesting or funky or playing along, you know, with different trends. And that was special at the time. So with that, I was able to get my name out there and such everyone knew me as such a Betty had my website, my blog, and I made a few other pivots, just like everybody. I tried to have my own fashion line, Moxie. And, um, I did a bunch of different random things. You know, I'd like to dabble my feet in things, but again, with personal life changes, I had a daughter, Adina, we moved out to long Island and, I just was kind of, I felt a real missing. I felt a real piece missing. And I know it sounds like so cliche, but you know, fashion is very superficial and social media is very superficial. And although I love it and I love putting on pink eyeliner and just going nuts and having fun with it, it's not from a a superficial place for me. It's more of just like, I don't care. Like it's so fun. I feel like I look cute. I feel like it's interesting and unique. So I'm just going to run with it. And as social media developed, as you know, it still is very much so, but it became really kind of like a fight for who has more following, who has more likes, what is she wearing? What brands does she have? Does she have the newest Fendi bag and this and that, and how quick can she post pictures and all of these things that we know about? It's not a secret. It's over talked about, but I was suffering. My mental health was really suffering, to be honest. I just felt, you know, very unhappy and I was lost. I didn't know what the heck I was going to do. And here it was, I built up my name. I changed careers. I'm I'm well known within the community for sure. And I was like, OMG, I don't want to let go of this. Like I worked so hard to build this up. So I was doing whatever I could to play the game and get my pictures as best as I could posted because I just didn't know what the heck I was going to do. And that's when I fast forward to current times, which is when I really just put myself back out there again. And I said, I'm starting my podcast. Now, Whitney, I didn't know what the heck I was doing just as everything in my life. And I just YouTube, YouTube, YouTube. (laughs) And I'm like, F it. Like literally F it. My first episode is like, you can barely even hear it. Um, And not to say I'm a pro now, but you know, and that's really where the, the shifts began. And I have never been more passionate today sharing like my like natural conversation, which is like self-development growth, talking about taboos, education, learning, gaining knowledge. Like that's my podcast, which is now shifted into, you know, Instagram. And I post everything about positivity 
and, you know, I have my coaching business now. So it's the glow up club, which is all mainly focused on confidence and mindset, but with all of these things comes a lot more, as you know, so it's just kind of like a full circle. Isn't that funny? No, it is. And I, I love that you mentioned that because, you know, my story, I've pivoted a lot too in my life. And I think that there's certain people that just have that inner entrepreneurial spirit. It's like you said, like you just kind of know that you are meant to take control of your own damn life, no matter where the hell that's taking you. Right. But through the process, we talk about social media and having comparison all the time. Right. But even in the entrepreneurial world, take social media out of it. When you start pivoting and trying all these different things as an entrepreneur, you do start to compare yourself to other people. They're doing it faster. They're seeing success sooner. Um, Are you too late to the game? Is this telling people that you don't know who the hell you are in your brand or what you're supposed to be doing? You know, but it it is, it's like a mind fuck sometimes, excuse my language, but that's just what it is. No, I wasn't sure. (laughs) Yeah, no, we're good. Um, But it is completely, but I think what the most important thing that really, because I know I speak predominantly to women, but this goes for men too. And anybody is that be okay with the pivot, like be okay with trying something new. Because honestly, like you said, if you would have not gone through all of this crazy that at some points might have seemed like a mess, they always say your mess becomes your message, right? Because now it's defined you and who exactly you're supposed to be and who you're intended to become now and in the future. And it also connects you closer with the people that you show up and serve every single day, Betty. So, and the same thing goes for myself and many other entrepreneurs that you and I know, both know, I'm sure. But it's just being able to ride those waves, transition when you need to transition, pivot when you need to pivot, and just going with whatever the hell comes your way. Because at the end of the day, if you're open to doing that and you're not so closed off and blocking it, you end up becoming like such an amazing version of yourself. So I'm not going to lie. It's not easy. And the money is not really being seen until things come into place. And there's a lot of challenges and yeah, don't get me wrong. Entrepreneurship is not like shy of, you know, self-doubt, right? Um, you know, I was another word I was going to think of is like, Oh, is it oversaturated? Yeah. It's popular. And I'll talk about coaching, but you know, it is what it is. Like I can only think of who I am or what I have to offer and what I have to, to give. And if I know my purpose and my why, and I, I'm, I'm really genuinely so freaking excited. Like, I, I feel like, you know, I've always been coaching. I just never really said I was a coach, right? Girls call me all the time and talk to me. And I'm always, everyone, I was like, why don't you be a therapist? Why, why'd you not just do that? Like you have everything you need. You have all the education, just do it. And I'm like, I don't know, I'm in fashion, I'm in fashion. Like I was so stuck on that being my thing. Um, listen, it's a journey. You have to be ready. You have to be ready. So I love that. What would you say throughout this amazing life that you have? You sound like you should be 80 years old with all of the experience <laughs> you're not so with that being said like what would you say was one of your most challenging times throughout your journey oh gosh that's a great question and as you're saying that I'm taking deep breaths well I certainly don't have one unfortunately because throughout each stage was one 
the most challenging, right? Um, but I'll just tell you what's popping to mind, and I have no idea why. I'm called to share with you a time where I was actually giving birth to my now almost nine-year-old daughter. And when I was nine months pregnant with Adina, that's when my birth mother had passed away. Now, mind you, I hadn't been in touch with her for many years, maybe, you know, four or five years. I had heard about what was going on through the grapevine and kept in touch that way, but I had no one-on-one contact with her. So within that moment, not only was I petrified just to give birth, like, I don't know, that shit just scared the shit out of me. Like I was just so scared. Um, I don't do pain very well. So, but being in the moment of actually giving birth, here it is, I'm a mom, here it is, I'm, you know, about to give birth. And I am like, it just was such a strong feeling of loneliness. And there was no closure that I was able to have from her because I didn't have any open conversations. I never had to ask her questions. I just was, I wasn't, I wasn't ready. I wasn't who I am today. And that, that was a really challenging moment. Um, you know, thank God Adina was healthy and everything was fine. But I remember that stage, like it was yesterday, kind of just being like, OMG, do I know what the heck I'm doing? Am I ready for this? Am I prepared? Who do I have to ask questions? Who am I going to speak to? And, and that's, that's very hard. And that was a challenging moment. So that's what I called. That's what I was called to tell you. Oh, I know. I think that's, I think that's beautiful. And it's very vulnerable of you to share that because I can, I can only imagine like wanting to have closure, wanting to have conversation, wanting to ask all these questions, but at the same time, not being ready, but then now becoming a mother yourself, but at the same time, losing your own mother without having, I can only imagine what kind of fogginess that your mind was experiencing at that moment, but it all happened the way that it was supposed to. And it was intended to, for whatever reason that be. And now you have a beautiful nine-year-old daughter and you're an amazing mother. So I think you've, I think you've done just, just well for yourself. there, My dear, you've done amazing. Um, so even though that was a difficult part for you and that wasn't part of your story, your whole journey through finding yourself, not only just as a mother, not only as a woman, not only as a Jewish woman, but an entrepreneur and all these amazing pieces that just make up Betty. If there is a woman out there that is looking to jump into this entrepreneurial world, right? But she's not really clear on the vision she's supposed to take, or she's not really clear if this is her path. What are some tips that you would give to her to just almost embrace her calling, whatever she's being called to? Because you literally just said, I'm feeling called to tell you this. What has you lean into those moments? Like, what are you hearing? What are you embracing to just step forward and take those risks or whatever you're called to do, I guess? That's such a beautiful question. You know, I I work with young teens all the time and young adults, and I find that this is a common question where we just feel lost and then we feel stuck. And many times it comes to a place of not knowing ourselves, not being attuned and aware with trust of who we are and what we're called to say and do. And that's where we get stuck because we have our own feelings, but then we say, no, it can't be true. Or we have our limited beliefs or we have our negative thoughts or we have other people telling us or society, right? And 
first and foremost, you have to get attuned with who you are yourself. And that's a process. Um, a lot of skills and things that you need to do to get there. Some may include journaling, some may include meditation. Um, everyone's different, working out, eating healthy, all these things. I really believe in a holistic viewpoint. So all these things combined where you're one within who you are as much as you can, as best as you can. And then being able to see and see in your mind, okay, is what I'm called to do really what I'm called to do? Or is that because someone told that to me? Is that because I heard that somewhere? Is that because I saw that? And then from that point, you were able to gain the confidence that you need to push forward and just know that, Hey, this might not be the traditional way, whatever that is in your, in your world going to law school. I don't know, but that's what my heart is telling me. Perhaps usually if your heart is telling you, you're clear from the first part of that I mentioned that's usually your purpose and that's usually your why. And that's beautiful. And that's, isn't that kind of like what we're here on the earth to do is kind of discover like, what, what are we doing here? And what's the bigger picture, right? Yeah. I think that a lot of times people, because it's funny, it's just something, something is coming to my mind. So when I went to college, my grandfather funded myself for me and my sister and a lot of our nieces or nieces, um, cousins to go to college. And, uh, one of the things was when I went to college, he wanted me to go to college and major in what he wanted me to major in, right? Not what I wanted to major in. And the reason I bring that up and I don't resent him for it because ultimately I ended up dropping out of college and finding my own way. But I feel like a lot of us, when you say we don't know who we are, I think that we don't know who we are because we're so conditioned to live a life according to the expectations of other people, right? The expectations of our parents, the expectations of society, the expectations of what our college counselors and our our high school counselors, high school teachers want us to do. Um, The expectations of being an AB student, you know, there's all these expectations that we are conditioned to kind of fall in line to from the moment we're toddlers, we're infants, you know, like even the expectation of my daughter right now, like she's not speaking a lot, but she's still like, it's starting to come out now. And I remember taking her to the doctor and the doctor saying, well, if she doesn't speak within the next three months, you know, call us back and we'll send her into speech therapy. So I'm conditioned to like freak out, like start speaking child, start saying words, you know? And that's what I'm saying. Like we're so conditioned by what society sets on as, as far as expectations that a lot of us, including myself at one point lost track of who I really wanted to be and who I really was. And ultimately pursuing that purpose of why I was put here on this earth to begin with. So the fact that you say that is so important because I really do feel like that's where our people are lost a lot of the times is because they don't know who they are, but it's not necessarily their fault either. It's usually not any of our fault until a certain point where it is our responsibility to recognize and realize how can I make change? What am I in control of and how am I going to take steps to do that? Um, but, but, you know, it's very common it's, it's challenging. And I think the cycle is just a cycle, you know, it's passed down, it's passed down. And it's really, really hard now that I'm a parent to look at my daughter and look at her for her, 
it's so hard. Even as I'm saying it, I'm like, what does it even mean? Well, what does that mean is me not interpreting what I think, what I like, what I want, what I inspire her to look and be like, it's what does she like? And it's so challenging. I'll tell you little pieces that she's actually very sporty and I'm sporty too. I played basketball my whole life and I'm very athletic. I mean, I don't do much now, but you know, and you know, sometimes I'm like, Oh, don't you want to just put on this cute pink dress? And I I catch myself and I'm like, Betty, it's okay. Like just let her wear, you know, this t-shirt and go on skateboard. Like it's so freaking cute, but like, it's really hard. You don't realize even the smallest of things that you're projecting onto them that maybe they're not good enough, or maybe they're not okay the way they are. And being conscious and knowing who you are is a first step. So, you know, thank God I've come a long way. So I see it when it's happening and now I'm working on the next step, but you know, Life is a journey. It should always be a journey towards growth. So it's okay. I love that. I love you. And I love your energy. You're like the cutest thing ever. I, I want to be like coached by you. You're amazing. You're awesome. Um, but that leads me into my next question. What is something right now that you're really excited? Do you have a current project that you're working on? What is, what is Betty doing right now? Like, I want to stay confident. I want to be like uplifted and in this positive mindset, like 24 seven, I need to be where you are. So what are you doing? (laughs) Yeah, girl. So I should have to just make sure and clarify is that being positive is freaking amazing, but, 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 but we have all sorts of different feelings. Okay. And we have angry, we have frustration, we have stress, we have tired, right? We have sad we need to understand and know and be okay with all of our feelings, accepting them, naming them, being with them, but just not letting it control us. And that goes with positivity too. Meaning, I know you're like, what do you mean? Well, I mean, we don't need to have like this false like notion of like positivity, positive. No, something's bad. Like we need to talk about it and we need to say, Hey, that feels uncomfortable when you do that to me. I can't be positive about that, but let's take a positive spin. How can we work on this? How can we communicate towards change? Um, And that goes within myself as well. So just have to always clarify that, that it's not, um, what's the word? Like toxic positivity. Is that like a thing? I think it's all. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, okay. So guys, I'm working on a membership thing, which I like, I'm like, Oh, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I have all these ideas and that comes up with like creativity and ADD and like doing a million things, scheduling, but I don't have time to put it in. So someone call me and help me, but I'm really excited. I have this plan for the glow up club where it's similar to any type of membership, but basically instead of working with me one-on-one once a week or whatever that might be for you. It could be expensive or it could be scheduling and you just need like a boost of Betty. You just need your glow up Bessie in your life. So you could sign up for the membership coming soon where you can get little bits and pieces and little like videos and just like special things for you that you're registered to do. So that's what I'm working on. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So where, if people want to stay closest to you to get insider news on like when this is coming, where should they plug into Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, podcast, where are you? (laughs) So I'm everywhere, of course, but my main gem is Instagram. I have re 
gained like, you know, notice into Facebook lately. So I'm trying to get back into there and I know you're fab up there. So, um, yeah, and I have my website, Betty Golko, G U L K O.com. And all my social handles are the same. My podcast is chat with Betty and yeah, you could find me on these platforms. I'm looking forward to meeting you. Okay. I'm going to ask you one last question. We all have life quotes or verses or sayings that kind of just give it that, give us that little, you know, to push us a little bit further. Do you have a favorite quote or saying that has kind of stuck with you throughout your life? So I have so many quotes, as you know, I'm an affirmations queen. I love being able to just utilize words, positive thoughts to ourselves in the mirror. But one that I really have found that it's taken me quite some time to fully, truly believe the saying, because at first I said, that's bullshit. Like, come on, come on. But I think with the development and growth that I've been able to make in terms of seeing my mess as my message, I've learned to value this more. And that is one of truly knowing and believing that everything happens for a reason towards growth, towards beneficial parts to who you are and your family and whoever you're surrounded with. So that is one of really realizing that even the not so pretty things, and I'm talking even in in current time, right? Things happen all the time. Being in the moment of saying, okay, this is happening. I really don't like this. This is so challenging, but it's going to be okay. How can I get to that end result? Maneuvering through the obstacle as healthily, as smoothly as possible while gaining insight. So that is something that I constantly remind myself of and try to have the thinking towards life. Hey, hey, friends. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Uno Moss podcast. How can you help support us moving forward? Head on over to Apple iTunes and leave us your review. We love hearing back from you and what you're liking best by listening to this podcast. And if you are wanting to elevate your brand, position yourself successfully in an online space and increase your profits, then head on over to socialsavvyinfluencer.com and see how you can connect and get involved with me even more. I look forward to Uno Mas podcast next week. Mm-hmm.